Welcome one and all, this is Christian Joel Ramos back at it again with another review. No, this time it's not a TV show episode review. Finally, I'm freed from the chains of TV reviews for now to give you an anime review. Buenas damas y caballeros, soy Christian Joel Ramos y aquí estamos con un review de la película nueva de Dragon Ball Z o el Super que se llama Broly. Salió el año pasado en el cine y era bien brutal. All right, so back to at this again. <laughs> this movie was off the chain. Now, I've seen this film over a year ago in the theater, my boys, and this shit was lit. I loved it. I loved it. Now, as a nostalgic DBZ Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Super fan, I went in the theater a year ago, my boys, one of my boys, and um, it was at the whim. I didn't even know they were showing anime in the theater like that. Like, usually they do that for Pokemon... Uh, any of the big, you know, kids-oriented anime films, they usually tend to go to uh, theaters, but, like, anything kind of, like, in the shonen genre like that, you don't see Naruto movies going to theaters, you don't see, you know, uh, Bleach or One Piece movies, well, that's a lie, because recently they showed the One Piece film, and I did review it, and it's actually my highest-rated review film yet, so... I'm back at it again with another anime review. And why did it take so long to review anime? I'll tell you why. I've seen this movie a year ago in theaters. I never bought it until recently because it was on sale on Amazon for like dirt cheap. And also for the sheer fact that I was so focused on TV, I just wanted to finish one thing and not have to jump back into it and just get it over with so I can do other things. So we're at it again with the anime, with the Japanese shonen property of Dragon Ball. Now, for you who aren't aware about Dragon Ball and just went to the theater without knowing, you must be like an alien because this thing has been around since the 80s. It's uh, one of the first anime projects I've ever seen on my own. Um, I discovered it on my own as a child. I think I was six years old uh, on a Sunday morning at 6.37 in the morning watching Dragon Ball on UPN at the time. Uh, they only had up to a certain amount of episodes before the show got, you know, resetted. They never got um, any of the further arcs. So as far as I'm concerned, when we went from Dragon Ball to Dragon Ball Z, we skipped a good decade of uh, Dragon Ball that I don't know about. But oddly enough, I just thought it was a time jump, like most anime, that you know, they always have a time jump, so it's whatever. No, it was literally a whole different series. So I've only seen, until that point, the first season of Dragon Ball. So when Dragon Ball Z came out, I still like Dragon Ball, don't get me wrong, it's amazing. But Dragon Ball Z was some like level shit, so like, you know, I gotta stay on top of this series and see where it progresses from here. But now we jump further ahead, past the Cell Saga, we jump past the Boo Saga, we passed every saga, we passed, we completely ignore that, uh, Let's just hypothetically uh, pretend GT never happened, even though it's canon again in a different universe, but that's a different story for a different day. We're going to focus on Brawly, the movie. This movie was dope because if you've seen the original Brawly, that movie was pretty brutal, even for me back in the 90s watching it in Japanese subs because it never came out in English till like I got older, like way older. And this version of Brawly is way different than the version of Brawly we get to see from the 90s. This one is actually more humanized and actually more of an endearing kind of character. Um, actually reminiscent of uh, Danny the Dog, that kind of movie. It was very much like he was fighting to survive. He wasn't fighting to because he wanted to be the best fighter in the world. They just abused his strength. So let's just start off with the film, huh? We start off with uh, Planet Vegeta 41 years ago. 
back when King Cold was running shit and Prince Frieza, the um, the uh, pr uh, Crown Prince, was visiting uh, the Saiyan planet of Vegeta. And oddly enough, the king is called Vegeta. You know, a little bit weird, okay? You know, he's got definitely an ego on him. Uh, and the Ginyu Force are with them because they're the high guard of King Cold. Cold announces to King Vegeta that he's going to retire, but that Freeze is going to take over. So he gives the Saiyans, as a, a peace offering or gift, whatever, the, the uh, ever so famously used from the beginning of the first Dragon Ball C episode, Scouters. The Scouters that everyone loves so much to check the power levels, whether they're over 4,000, 8,000, 9,000, I don't care. You know what they're about. So we start off with the Scouters. And... Um, what does it say? King Cold is boasting and back in his throne room once he gets, uh, you know, this whole scene where, you know, Frieza shows his power, how not to mess with him. He just, like, kills the snipers that Cold, that uh, Vegeta had on deck. There's proof that he's more stronger than he looks because he's, like, half the size of his dad. So uh, we got uh, King Vegeta is uh, back in his throne room, right? Boasting how his son in the pod is... Uh, gonna be the next ruler of the universe not frieza because he's strong as hell and then he's like looks to his left he's like why is there a pod here with some baby like commoner this is the the royal guards kids what is he doing here and the scientists are trying to show that with the new scouter program they're able to show that this baby is strong as shit like they know that brawley is gonna be a monster he's gonna like his power level is higher than most adults at this point he's only like a newborn at this time apparently or something like that no no not newborn i say about a year old or so um so at this point um vegeta king vegeta is taken back by it because he's intimidated jealous whatever you want to call it and he's like that can't be right that this baby can't be that damn strong right well guess what he is so we're at the point where um brawley's dad is uh goes into the throne room, he breaks in, and he confronts the king of planet Vegeta himself and says, are you literally exiling my son for being stronger than your boy? And that triggered King Vegeta, like, careful, choose your words wisely before you speak onwards. Because you're still part of my, you know, unit. You're still one of my soldiers. And then pretty much he's calling him out, like, hey, you sent my son to a different planet because you're jealous he might overpower yours in the future. So, you know, King Vegeta being the benevolent king that he is, he's like, well, you know, I could have killed your kid, so be happy I at least sent him somewhere else where he could be safe. No, he didn't. He sent his kid to a wasteland planet, one that has, like, no actual sentient beings and it just has the roughest environment. And, you know, Brawley's dad, Paragus, knows this. He's like, come on. You really, you can't, you can't make me believe that. He's like, well, it's too late. We sent the pod already over there. He's like, what? So you got Paragus hauling ass. He hijacks one of the many starships, right, with the engineer still inside who was trying to, like, do his job. And um, he goes into space and goes after to planet Vampa, where this uh, the baby's pod was sent the morning of the day he confronted the king, right? So we're at the point where uh, uh, they find Brawley in his pod. And he's there eating these wild insect monsters, these oversized beetles. And he killed a few to feed himself. And this kid's no more than a year and a half old. How can this baby be so freaking damn strong? But apparently this is proof that Brawley is a beast even that young, right? So he went over there with the engineer. 
saw how harsh the planet is for themselves. And they're going to stay because their ship broke down as they crash landed and they can't really fix it. So to conserve food, because they only have so many rations on the ship, what does Paragus do? He shoots the engineer and kills him. He's like, you don't got to worry about nothing. Even though I already promised him he can go back home once their mission was done. But once the engineer mentioned he can't fix his ship, it was a wrap for him like an engineer in Star Trek. Sorry about that red shirt guy. So anyways, we go back to where... Um, they find Brawley, right? Brawley's dad kills engineer to conserve food. Now we go to another clip where Bardock, you know, Goku or Kakarot's dad, because at this point he's still alive, arrives to planet Vegeta with his engineer. And they're talking about why does Frieza need all of their units, which are scattered through the universe, to go back to their home planet. It seems very fishy for all of them at once to be summoned. Him being a general in the army of King Vegeta, he's like, this is not normal. You would send people at a time or at your own convenience, not at once and ASAP. So he's very hesitant of what is going to happen. And of course he should be because he's paranoid of things of Frieza. He knows that Frieza hates the Saiyans as Frieza refers to them as monkeys. He knows that there is discord among Frieza's um, ideals of who should be in this army versus King Cold, who's more more cooler, you know, no pun intended. He's more of a, you know, he's more chill. Where Frieza's a hothead, and he doesn't play nice with others. So, here's the point where we find Bardock hates the new regime of Frieza. Thinks something's very fishy, right? So his paranoia makes him do what he can just to help his family. Sends his son to Earth, a la Superman. Same exact thing. Send him off to a planet where, you know, he's going to be safe. Where there's not going to be on anyone's radar. Low key, and he can grow up normal, right? And um, his mom at first is against it, but knowing that her husband's seen so much in the universe as a warrior, she like, approves it so they could send her son off to survive, which is great on them both, because what happens next is crazy. Uh, Frieza actually destroys planet Vegeta with that finger wave thing he does from the, from the series, right? And I expected it. I knew something was up. And, you know, Bardock was like, this is ridiculous. He tries to fight. He tries to fight off this uh, this attack. And I remember in a different Dragon Ball movie, the Bardock actually turned Super Saiyan and was actually a pretty good warrior. But this was uh, this is it. And um, at this point, right, Raditz and Vegeta, who are rebellious teens at this, not teens, tweens, don't not even tweens. They're like ten years old. How much older is Vegeta than Goku? Goku was like about a year and a half. It seems like. Well, this is like years have passed, right? Oh, yes, there was a seven-year, like seven or Yeah, they're about eight years old at this point. Okay, makes sense now. They're kids, right? They get sent away. And they're rebellious. They don't care for family. They find out their plans destroyed. They don't even react. Raditz and Vegeta are the worst. They're the most sanest Saiyans. They don't care about the whole fact that their family's dead. As long as they're alive and breathing, they're good to grow and become stronger. Because... Their end point is for Raditz to become a general and for Vegeta to become the king. You know, that's point blank all they care about. But they mention uh, Vegeta's brother, which he doesn't even pay mind to. And uh, Raditz mentioned, oh, my brother's safe. He's uh, sent to some desolate planet called Earth or something. I don't know. He'll be all right. So at least Raditz shows some sense of care, but he, he really doesn't care. I, I don't know. But uh, obviously, if you watch the original Dragon Ball, we know how that ends up. Um, then we go to the point where... Uh, we are going to uh, skip the, this little time jump thing where they show like a flashback of all of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. And then obviously the modern time where it's super, right? 
and uh, it skips to the modern era where Vegeta and Goku are sparring in this like um, abandoned, not abandoned. They got some sort of secret island where they could like fight and train with all destroying things. Something like remote island that Bulma owns apparently. And there's like a resort there so she can just sit poolside. And who's along there with her? Not Chi Chi, but none other than Whis and uh, Beerus. And you know, Bulma's son Bulla, they're all there just hanging around beachside. Beerus is not entertained by this uh, sparring session of Goku and Vegeta's and yells at them, can you train quieter? You guys are interrupting my nap. You know, Beerus being Beerus. And, you know, it's uh, they're just there like a family vacation or getaway, I guess, you know, far enough from their home place, but close enough where they can get back in time for anything, right? It doesn't matter either way because they got, they got the ships and the intertransmission and all this other stuff. But let's go back on, on board here. We go to the point where Trunks FaceTimes Bulma on her and her Apple Watch. It looks like <laughs> so this Apple Watch has like a flip, flip thing, you know, like flips up, and says, uh, "Our lab has been broken into again." And the camera shows that people broken into are weaklings, but they're wearing Frieza's armor, like the army guys in Frieza's uh, uh, unit. So they're like, "Okay, so Frieza's in her his lowest level warriors too." infiltrate our base because they wouldn't trip any alarms so they could steal and what did they steal none other than the dragon balls of course because that's all frieza really wants and now they're like great we resurrect frieza by accident and then this is where uh we start an argument with vegeta and goku about why did you even resurrect frieza of all the damn people you could have resurrected and it's a funny sequence right and this is the part where uh frieza's men would go to where frieza is they're, uh, they want to know why he wants Dragon Balls, right? And they're like, he has a wish, and it's not what you think, and he's not going to say. But one of his uh, the men, actually woman, uh, says, I know what it is. You want a wish to be taller, don't you? And uh, his other guy's like, don't you dare mention our Lord's uh, height, because he's very sensitive. Very sensitive about being short, right? And um, at this point, he's like, yes. But not too much taller. I just want to be five centimeters taller. This is not even a joke. This dude wants to be two inches taller. So it's noticeably taller. That it looks like a natural growth. Like he just is still growing. Even though he's God knows how many years old. And even his his, uh, his uh, first commander is like, wait a minute. Your second form, you're super tall. Just stay in your second form. He's like, you fool. I want to be taller in my normal form and in my golden form. So, you know, his base form is what he's trying to say. Because he's he's about 5'6 in his base form. He's not that tall at all. Um, so that's literally what he wants to be writing about. Somewhere. Not to control the universe, not to rule the world, none of this other stuff. We've overpowered. Because you can't wish for more power than Shenron himself. But no, just to be taller. That is hysterical. And this is the part where we meet uh, a couple of Frieza's guys. One of them is named Shile, who looks like this hot you know, little thing, green skin, you know, short Rihanna haircut from back in 09. Like, you know, she has a certain look. And then her uh, partner, which they've never said his name. Uh, oddly enough, it's kind of hilarious. And I'm about to IMDb it real quick because I don't think it's ever said on screen or I haven't even noticed it. Limo. His name is Limo. So Limo is like this orange skin alien guy with like a beanie and he looks a little older like in his 40s or so, or the equivalent to Alien 40s, where Shiley looks like a rookie who's in her 20s. 
they somehow end up on planet Vampa, where Paragus and his son Brawley are exiled, right? And Paragus looks like he's starving to death. Like, he sees a ship and knows it's not a mirage, so he reacts to it like, no, don't leave. And essentially says, you know, we're Saiyans. They check his power level. Power, uh, Paragus has a decent 4,000 level power for a guy his age. That's amazing. So they're like, you know what? We'll take you. He's like, sure, but we got to take my son, too. He's like, who's your son? Then he yells for Brawly, who, like, zips and flies quick as hell as he takes down this giant beetle monster that's going to kill Paragus, Shile, and Limo, right? Takes it down one strike. And Brawly looks really strong in this scene, right? Like, his big entrance. And um, they are obviously work for Frieza's forces, right? Paragus uh, says, I hate the Saiyans. And he was told about, you know, how planet Vegeta has been destroyed. He's like, I don't care. Hated them all. And um, so they're like, great. I guess you could be part of our unit then if you don't like the Saiyans, right? And uh, Shile questions Paragus' methods, right? Because in the ship... Once Frieza introduces himself to Paragus, and uh, or I should say Paragus and Brawly introduce themselves to Frieza, they're a little hesitant because Brawly is so powerful, but they think he's feral. He's like, you brought this mo- you know, this beast into my ship. He's like, no, I can control him with his collar, like a shock collar, like a damn dog, and it keeps him in line. And Shile, being the humanitarian that she is, like, this is how you treat your damn son. So while they're in the mess hall, they're eating, right? She's... Uh, confronts Paragus about it, like how do you treat your son like this like you don't know us young lady you have saved us thank you for that but you don't know what this guy my son's capable of I have to keep him in line and I'm pretty sure he's meaning the uh, ape form because he turned great ape many a times over the years and he is OP powerful right so she lay what she do she steals the the trigger gun that activates the dog collar and um destroys it in front of Brawly, like, listen, your dad's an asshole, you know, we are your friends now, and you don't have to do things like this way, Heron and Limo trying to say, Brawly, you can do better, you don't have to be a warrior for hire for your dad, he's like, hey, you can talk all the shit you want, but he's still my dad, and in the day, okay, like, I lay off him, so, we're at the point now, where, um, Limo, uh, is hearing this innocent story how Brawly only had one real friend growing up, and that was this monster, this green dog-like monster that's like enormous, right? And his, he called him, he called him Ba. I guess he just named him Ba because it's the sound the wolf monster thing made. And Ba and him would play and train, and then one day his dad didn't like the way that Brawly was playing with the monster, not training, so he like cuts off Ba's ear with a laser gun. And Ba was in the same sense. And Lima's like, man, that sucks. You're one only friend. And this story came up because Brawly's wearing this, like, pelt that he wears around his waist like a Viking. And it's it's the, the dog's, Ba's ear. And um, he doesn't let anyone touch it. It smells of everything. Even though he just got a shower and new clothes. He's like, no, this thing never comes off. So, at this point... Frieza's men, the other two men, find the last Dragon Ball on Earth in what seems to be Antarctica or the Arctic, somewhere cold, right, on planet Earth. But they bump into who? Another, none other than Goku and Son Goku and Vegeta. Obviously, Goku and Vegeta spot them and trap them. 
that Sule because Frieza was already there because they were alerted that the last Dragon Ball was found on Earth. And this is the grand entrance. Goku says to Vegeta, this is always Frieza's thing. He's got to make such a grand damn entrance, right? This is the point where um, Paragus and Frieza confront the Z-Warriors. They confront the Z-Warriors. And, you know, this whole rivalry thing. Like, Frieza's like, leave Goku to me. Obviously, you know a lot about revenge. You want Vegeta, and that's it. Leave it at that. So, Brawly's just fired up in the background, ready for a fight. And he strikes Vegeta, and the biggest brawl just starts. You got Vegeta and Brawly going at it. Vegeta is in this red-haired god Saiyan mode, fighting Brawly, because he is getting that work. And, you know, just going back and forth until he turns his hair blue. No, Super Saiyan. It's Super Saiyan. So he goes from the red hair Saiyan to the Super Saiyan, right? And in that form, it's like, caught Paragus off guard, like, what just happened? And, he's, and then Frieza's like, what? Your son can't turn Super Saiyan? He's like, Super what? I thought that was a thing of legends. You know, like, he doesn't know it's a real thing, right? And he's like, oh, pity, because your son was a strong specimen, now he's gonna get his ass whooped or killed. Oh, well. So... Even though Brawly's fired up, um, Vegeta turns Super Saiyan, and, Bra and Brawly and Paragus are both shocked about it. Frieza's disappointed that Brawly can't transform, but he is very. But uh, Goku is very impressed that he can hang with Super Saiyan God of Vegeta in his base form. Like Brawly is not even Super Saiyan, and he can still hang with, you know, fist to fist with Vegeta. So at this point, Frieza's disappointed that Brawly can't transform. He kind of just gives up on it. Goku's impressed Brawly can still hang in his base form against Vegeta and gets rocks. He takes the great eight strength, but not the physical attributes of the great feral beast to take on Vegeta. But in doing so, it's almost like a Kaioken times a hundred. He becomes feral. And this is what his dad was afraid of. So he tries to do the shock collar thing, but he forgot that uh, Shilei stole it because he didn't know that it happened. And he's like, oh, we're screwed now. We're definitely screwed now because where do we go from here, right? He's like, it's too late. He's an animal. There's no way to control him, no matter how much I yell at him. So, Vegeta's now getting messed up against this feral beast. And Goku jumps in like, hey, you can't have all the damn fun. So then Goku takes on Brawly, but gets wrecked, even with his red hair god mode on. So Goku gets advice from Piccolo as he's getting wrecked and destroyed and swung like Hulk did a Loki in Avengers up and down like ragdoll right and piccolo somehow is able to talk to goku uh, via telekinesis and he's like hey man if you need help you can always come back here so what happens is goku turns super saiyan blue god right and he is able to take brawly on now in his feral form so we got goku gets advice he turns blue hair saiyan goku is able to take him on now Paragus actually gets caught in all this because now Vegeta's like, wait a minute. The last time a Saiyan turned super, first time I seen it was Goku when I killed his friend. So he had an idea. He kills Paragus with that laser finger thing he does. And then he's like, Brawly, look. One of the stray uh, beams uh, killed your dad. And just triggers the exact thing that Frieza wanted. Brawly then turns Super Saiyan for the first time. This is the yellow-haired Saiyan, but, you know, with Brawly, it's a little bit like on the greenish side, kind of like uh, like Khalifa from uh, the uh, Tournament of Power. And um, now Brawly's really fighting. Like, he is ready to hang. So it takes a base form Saiyan to, to get this Brawly to take on a Super Saiyan God, let alone Super Saiyan 1 Brawly. 
to destroy two Super Saiyan gods. Yo, Brawley is beyond crazy. Like, this is a guy who's been living in isolation, just fighting monsters. He hasn't been fighting people for 41 years. Like, this guy is 40 years old and in better shape than anybody I've seen in the show, right? But he's also a benevolent beast. He doesn't have people skills. He's just this quiet giant, very much like the Hulk. And um, he's taking these guys to school. And it's so crazy to see this fight because it's so lit. It's like a lot of back and forth and power shots here and there. At one point, Brawly uses a freaking dragon breath laser beam attack. I'm like, I've never seen that by a saying, holy shit. Like, you know, it just comes out of nowhere. So we got Frieza, who apparently gets caught up in the fight. And he just, uh, he's like, oh shit. So as Goku and Vegeta enter transmission back to Piccolo's uh, place to get some sense of means, Vegeta's getting to work on him by uh, Brawly. He's getting a licking. He's just getting five minutes, actually 30 minutes, because for every time that, oh yeah, Piccolo tells him, hey, I don't have sense of means, but if you guys thought about the fusion technique, and obviously Vegeta's hesitant because he's a Vegeta, and especially because he hates the dance moves. So it's like three failed attempts. And every failed attempt, it's you have to wait 30 minutes to go back to regular and then try it again. So if anything, Frieza's been fighting Brawly, getting his ass whipped for an hour and a half. And he even turned golden Frieza, and he's still getting to work on him. So this is how strong Brawly is. You know, he is a wild beast. This thing cannot be tamed. And at this point, these guys are doing the, the fusion dance, and I know that Vegeta is just cringing because he hates doing it. It looks silly. And he's just not the... Much of an extrovert as Goku is, you know, about doing these dance moves in front of people. So the first fusion dance, they turn fat. The second one, they turn fragile, frail, old, right? And the third one, they finally get it. So this is the part where they finally become Gogeta. And pissed off Frieza turns gold. Gogeta arrives and saves the day because Frieza was going to get killed by Brawly. Then we got Shile and Limo, they, our partner, are trying to save Brawly. Because he's going to get killed by this new form of these guys. She knows. It's just, it, this is the end for him. So she collects the seventh Dragon Ball. She then summons Shenron with a gun behind Limo's back. Because at this point, you're becoming a traitor to Frieza's core. It, those Dragon Balls were for him to wish himself five centimeters higher, right? So what does she order? Uh, what does she tell Shenron, right? She wants him to save Brawly and send him back to Vampa where he's safe from all this uh, craziness. And um, in her head, she was like, this whole thing could have been avoided if Brawly's dad treated him like an eagle and didn't treat him just like a wild animal he was taming because he could have been in better control of this fight and not just become this berserker fighter that cannot be tamed. So we got Shile and Limo save Brawly, but now they have to escape if they want to survive free. Not only did they disobey orders, but they actually took what was freezes. And collecting Dragon Balls is not easy for anybody, okay? So then there's the point where uh, Gogeta almost killed Brawly with his final, you know, Kamehameha type move. But Brawly is back in his home planet, like, what is going on here? So this is the part where uh, Shile goes to that planet Vampa with Limo to start a new life and tame. Not really tame, but like give him social cues and like befriend Brawly so he's not so feral. And they bring food and supplies, but enough for a few days because that's all they can carry in their ship, right? So what happens next is Goku finds Brawly because of his power level and his entrance transmission. 
and he gives him three capsules one containing a house with a full stock fridge and everything some sensu beans and i forgot the third one i don't think he even showed what the third one was nope he just had three capsules but one of them was a building he didn't show the other two he had a bag of sensu beans explained them what they were and he was explaining um the whole you know beer is god of destruction and everything acting like if this fight they had was into the death like it was just all normal like there was just whatever right and um come to find out she lays very skeptical like what are you trying to do you trying to manipulate him because she's sick and tired of people manipulating brawly for his power and goku's trying to explain himself that he's goku because he befriends everybody he can fight and keep you know he respects fighters right so he pretty much gives a spiel how he wants to train with Brawley every so often so they can get stronger because after the tournament of power, he thought there was nobody stronger out there in the other universes. And was he ever wrong? So Brawley and him kind of become friendly rivals where they could train with each other. And this leads to the inclusion of Brawley becoming canon because in the original movie, he wasn't canon to the Dragon Ball Z universe. But this movie is canon to the Dragon Ball Super universe. So ergo, last week they announced did Johnny Young Bosch, a.k.a. the Black Ranger from Season 2 of Mighty Morphin, a.k.a. Ichigo from Bleach, and many other anime, because I don't want to give his resume, there's so many shows, but he is now going to be the canon voice of Brawley for the series. And I'm glad they got Johnny Young Bosch, because this guy's a very great actor. He can play this character very well. And the voice actor for the movie, even though they had issues of animation, I don't want to get into their voice is very similar as far as like tone of voice and how he sounds pretty much the character sounds youngish but still on the like you know it's not as gruff and deep as my voice more like of a youthful you know voice where it can lend to brawley being more innocent and um i can't wait i can't wait to see brawley in the series in the super series i'm playing catch up right now on the funimation app with it but this is a great-ass movie. Like, I came out of this theater loving it. I saw it again on Blu-ray and loved it even more. Second time around, like, taking notes from it because I'm like, wow, I forgot how good it was. Like, this is literally my favorite Dragon Ball movie ever out of all of them. And I can't wait to see what the next movie has in lineup. It's going to introduce more characters or, like, how Brawly appears in the series. Is he going to be a regular? Is he going to be a somewhat rival still? Or is he just going to be, like, a good training partner for Goku? Will they team up? All this and more on the next Dragon Ball Super. But yeah, so pretty much, my review is, I give this damn movie, uh, I know I always give a lot of five stars out, and I'm sick and tired of giving five stars. I'm going to give this movie a four-star rating. It was great, but there were things I could nitpick at. Like, the plot about Frieza wanting to just be a little bit taller was little tongue-in-cheek and ridiculous. Like, height matters that much to Frieza. I mean, it does, but to disrupt this young man's life over dragon balls over vanity it's just a really weak plot but you know what they needed a reason to uh showcase the past which i loved the past was a great part of the movie but frieza's part of this whole series was kind of useless i mean he was great in the past because he actually meant something to the history of the saiyan and vegeta and planet vegeta and all that stuff but for the current you know he was just a reason for Brawley to meet everybody else. So he's a vehicle. He was a good vehicle, but he was just a kind of a... I don't want to say comic relief, but it kind of used him a bit as a comic relief in this film. Because Bulma was looking at Dragon Balls for the comical reason of vanity. She wanted to look five years younger so she can look remotely younger than she actually is. She wanted youth. That's all it was. It's not her fault that Saiyans age way f uh, less than humans. So... 
She just wants to look youthful. Where Vegeta's is, not Vegeta, Frieza's excuse is also vain. Height. Because people put so much emphasis on height these days. So it's kind of like a nice little joke there. But yeah, the movie's a four-star movie. Why? It was great action. Sub, subpar storytelling. But um, I think it was entertaining as hell. Action was off the chain. It was just lit all through the beginning. Like, Liddy liking and left. You know what? It was great, man. I can't wait to see where the Dragon Ball universe goes from here. In fact, they made uh, Brawly Cannon really was the main reason I saw it in, the in theaters, believe it or not. I did would have not really seen it in theaters if this wasn't going to eventually lead to something canonical for the series because I love the new Super Series, even though it's not everyone's favorite, but you know what? Everyone's got their own different tastes. It is what it is. You're going to have the old nostalgia fans versus the new anime weebs. Everyone's got their own debates online. I don't even care to participate. But you know what? If you like this review, we'll have more anime reviews, and I hope you all stick around because this is going to be more of a norm. I want to do a little bit of everything. I'm not trying to stick to one genre. So, for more anime reviews, stay tuned to this episode and more on the next CJR Media Reviews.